Hey everyone, I'm Corey Russell. And I'm Billy Humphrey. And this is Gripped, Awakening the Grown in a Generation for Revival and the Return of the Lord. Yes. Here we are, episode six, season four, end times, intercession, Psalm 2, all of it. We're doing it. <laughs> we're doing it. We, man, we have gone deep <laughs> this season. I love it though, because yes. we're giving you root systems that will cause you to go down deep and to, to stand during trials and challenges that are coming. I said it earlier on in this season that I, I really feel like Psalm 2 may be the most 12 prophetic verses. Yeah. Most succinct. It gives the full storyline yes. of all the dynamics. You get the rage of the nations. You get the sovereignty of the Father, the yes. zeal, the confidence of the Father. <clears throat> you get to see, I have set my king on my holy hill of Come Zion. On. <laughs> and here we are. We're getting to Psalm 2, verse 7. And, you know, each scene, again, Picture it like a, a a drama. So the first three verses yeah. are the nations and the kings and the judges. All right. That's they get the the first stage. Curtain closes. Then we get to see the father, you know, laughing in confidence over the nation's rage and declaring, I have set my king on I've my own. I've already hill. voted. I've already voted. You weren't in the voting process. <laughs> I love this side of the father. This side of the father is going to be restored to the church. Yes. And and it's going to give confidence to the church. To where we've lost our voice and gotten gripped by fear and all that stuff, confidence is coming. And 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 so we see the father declaring, I've I've set my king on my holy hill of Zion. And then the curtain closes. Curtain again. closes, and now it's gonna reopen for Psalm 2, 7 through 9. And guys, that these three verses have radically transformed my life. They have transformed me, and I believe found in this is the picture of the church that God's going to raise up in these last days. Mm. I believe it's the revelation of how his rule and dominion is released in the earth. Wow, yes. He's a king. We, we talked about that. We know he's a Davidic king that's come through the line of David. Yes. He's come, he came, and he laid down his life. He rose again, went to heaven, and he's coming again, and he's going to rule yes. on earthly Zion yes. again. Well, this is the thing about this king. Now we're going to see in verse seven, this king's going to enter into the stories. Yes. All right. And David, okay, let's all put ourselves like a David right here. <laughs> David's a fly on the wall. You, think about you've ever wanted to be in certain conversations, like with that president or that famous person. Who would you like to hang out? David is overhearing the eternal father and the eternal son talking about the nature of the rule of his kingdom. Jesus steps to the front. All right, verse seven. Here he is. He's the king. The father's just declared it. Curtain opens. Curtain opens. Jesus standing right there. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. And then I love this. Father looks at the son. He goes, you see those nations raging? Ask me for them. Yes. I'm going to make them your inheritance. Yes. And the ends of the earth as your possession, you will rule them with a rod of iron and you will dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. See, there's something about this <laughs> king. There's something about this king. And I want to lay this out because Psalm 2, and there's a counterpart Psalm that are the two most Old Testament quoted passages yes. in the New Testament. Yes. Do you know that? It's Psalm 2 and it's Psalm, Psalm 110. 110. They're both messianic psalms that speak about the king that's coming. And no passages from the Old Testament 
governed the mindset and the understanding of the early church, yes, like these two yes, chapters. That's right. That's right. That's another reason why it's so important is because of the emphasis that the New Testament places. Yes, exactly. I think that we have missed how the apostles, I like to say, had an apocalyptic view. In other words, they knew there was a certain end coming. Yes. And that so much of that view was based on what is laid out in Psalm 2 and Psalm 110. Yes. That there is a king who is the end of the controversy. There is a king that God has chosen who is an end of the rage. The hero. You see, David starts with asking the question, why are they raging? They're plotting a vain thing. And 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 you can kind of hear it like, what do we do about it? God goes, I've already done something about it. And then verse seven, when the curtain opens, Jesus says, and I'm what he's done about it. (laughs) I'm what he's done about it. He goes, I will declare, I will say, Say to the to the uh, to the Father and over the nations, I will declare what He said to me about me. I am His Son; He has begotten me. And that phrase, "I am of God," "I am yes. from God," yes. "I am God from the beginning," "I am eternally begotten yes. of God," yes. "I'm God in the flesh." Yes, I mean, because God has brought the answer through me. I am a man who is God, God who is a man. He goes, and I am the answer. And here's the vehicle. The father says, ask me and I'll give them to you. Beloved, this is the most shocking idea that God tells God to ask God in prayer for his inheritance. This is staggering. He's a king. And the nature of his rule <sighs> is asking. He's a king, but he's not just a king. See, in Israel's history, they separated the priesthood from the kingdom. The priesthood came through Levi. The kingdom comes through Judah. Those were two separated offices. But in this one, the two are brought together. And this is why Psalm 110 is so important. Psalm 110 says, the Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever, forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. And the main point about Melchizedek is the merging together of the two offices. Yes. This ancient historical figure that showed up to Abraham after the slaughter of the kings Abraham paid a tithe to him. This guy came out of nowhere. We don't know his past, but he was a picture and a prototype of the coming one who would bring together both offices. Yes, he was a king priest. Yes, he was the king of Salem, priest of the most high God. And Jesus is a priest king, which means he's not just a king with a prayer life. Now, this is profound. He's not just a king with a prayer life. He's a king who has put his throne in the prayer room. Yes, He has put his throne in the prayer room and the release and the extension of his scepter happens out of context of intimacy with the father and agreement with the father in releasing the father's will into into manifestation. And so this foundation of this priest king who is going to rule and reign, who is the father's answer, but here's here's the deal. The apprehension of what the Father has promised comes through intercession. That's it. I just, you have to catch this. The Son of God asks. The Father tells the Son to ask. Ask me 
and I will give you the nations. But I thought he already promised it. He did. But there's one vehicle that God has set up for, to govern all of creation for all of eternity. And it's the simple vehicle of intercession. Oh and can you imagine that we have the privilege oh and the honor to step in to that ministry as a kingdom yes. of priests yes. where we get to ask on behalf of our elder brother, Jesus. So often we say we tag in Jesus name on stuff. Yes. It literally just means on behalf of, or yes. in his place. Yes, 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 yes. It's not just say your prayer and say in Jesus name. It's I'm in the place of Jesus on the earth and I'm asking on his behalf, just as he would ask. But we get the honor to step in on his behalf and ask the Father to release his kingdom in the earth. This is our great glory. This is our great privilege. This is the shift. I believe found here, and this is why this whole season is about intercession in the end times. We've talked a lot about the backdrop of the end times. We're now beginning to hone in on our response yes. and our glory in the context of end times. Yes. And what is God's weapon? What's God's method of releasing yes. inheritance yes. and the release of his throne? And how can we partner with God in it? I believe found in this verse is the complete change of the understanding and expression of Christianity. Wow. Wow. I believe the understanding, because he is the king, it's already been established, but yet the role he enters into to apprehending that reality, I believe, is the model for how we as the body of Christ are to enter in. What's he doing? Intercession. What does that mean? I heard it said once, it's telling God what he tells us to tell him. Yeah. Uh, what I love about this, most of us, when we think of intercession, we think about just screaming or screaming our prayer list or trying to convince God to do something. Or five old ladies in a room exactly. and you can't even figure out what it is they're doing or talking about. It's just all over the map. What I love about Psalm 2, it's so simple. Anybody can do it. He says this, I will declare the decree. The Lord, get this, has said to me, intercession does not begin with you talking. It begins with you listening. Come on. It begins with you receiving from the Father his word. That's why we wed Psalm 2 with Psalm 1. You cannot yes. divorce yes. Psalm 2 from Psalm 1 because it's a life of meditating in the Word, meditating in the Bible that opens you up to hear what He's saying. Yes, yes. You know, it's John 15, 7, abide in yes. me, my words abide, abide in you. you. Ask what you You'll wish. ask whatever you desire and it'll, it'll be, be given done you. For you. Why will it be done for you? Because His Word is pregnant on the inside of you <sighs> and you're filled with the knowledge of His will. Therefore, the things you're asking are the things He's already co-signed on. It's just powerful, beloved. The place that we have, the entrance that we have, the place of honor that we've been given with the Father, that we could repeat back to him his desires, and then he actually does it because we've agreed with what he yes, wants. Yes. Prayer, intercession, is not me trying to get God to do for me what I want him to do. That's right. Intercession is I'm standing between God and man yes. as a priest, agreeing with God that his will and his ways are best, that he is good and all he ever does is good, and that I am asking on behalf of humanity as a priest for God to release his will and his ways 
into the earth. That's intercession. I, I agree with you. I believe in you. And I ask you to accomplish what you desire in the earth. And the thing about this, this Psalm that's so, I just, it just radically impacted me so many years ago. I think we were in like an e-group studying end times mm -hmm. and the profound humility of the sun that the son literally runs. Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. Everybody yes. agrees. King of kings and Lord of lords. He literally runs his kingdom by asking the father to release it. That he, he runs his kingdom from the place of profound humility. That changed everything for me. When I saw Jesus, the great intercessor, running the kingdom through this place of humility and asking, why would I ever think that I'm anything oh more than that? All, all, all my whole life now is connected to this truth that I simply ask. He initiates and he releases. This is how Jesus runs the kingdom. It's how I'm to live and lead my life. The Lord has said to me, the Lord has said to me, it begins with a posture of a life at his feet, like Mary of Bethany, hearing his words, receiving his words, a life of meditating in the word, falling in love with the word. And as you create a life of receiving his word, his voice thunders. He fills you with the knowledge of his will. And the first thing that the Father is declaring over you is, I love this, is what he speaks over Jesus. Jesus receives from the Father, you are my son. Yes, yes. The revelation yes. of beloved identity. Yes. That this is not just, he's not just a king, devoid, just ruling and making decrees. It's intimately joined with the Father and that it's intimately connected with the Father. He's not just a king, he's a son. Yes. He's not just a king. He's a son. He's the son of God. He is the son, the beloved son of the father. That two different times the father splits heaven at his baptism and on the Mount of Transfiguration. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The father's joy, the father's affection. And friend, this is where you and I come into this story because for us who are in him, because of him, we get to experience our beloved identity to the Father. Totally. Who we are to him, that we're the accepted ones, the chosen ones, the enjoyed ones, the received ones, and that we're brought into the house through Jesus. Yes. You know, I think sometimes we we kind of miss this thought. We think, well, the Father loves me. I feel safe. Yes. I feel secure. I feel confident in the knowledge of his love. And, and I just want to stay in that place. And I just want to be safe and secure with him. And we imagine that that's the finality yes. of intimacy. Yes. And so it is, man, being wrapped in his love and receiving his affection, receiving our identity, receiving what he says about us. I mean, all those things, having our heart healed, yes. living from that place of wholeness and confidence. That is beautiful. Like I, uh, I, I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. I literally go to that place with the Father every single day, day of my life. But here's the other part of that: we don't stop short with, "Hey, you're safe." That's right. Hey, you're you're good. You're okay. Your identity is secure. He goes, 
No, no, there's actually more to this. Yes, yes, yes. Ask me and I'll release things. I'll give to you. Ask me. It's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Ask me for things and I will release them to you. And so I just think so often we can get into this place of intimacy and we can think, man, I just worship the Lord and this is where I live and I just love your presence, God. And oh, it's so good. Guys, I love that. I live in that. But when I'm in that deep place in his heart and he's, he is loving on me and he's telling me how he thinks and feels about me. I also hear him whisper, ask me, son. Yes. Ask me. Yes. And he'll put things on my mind people on my mind, situations on my mind, he'll say, ask me for this. I want to do this. I want you to ask me. And it's my good pleasure to give it to you. And that honor to sit in that place of security and safety and love and in humility to enter into the very ministry that Jesus has right now. He's ever living to make intercession for us. He's seated at the right hand of power, the right hand of the Father, and he's whispering prayers to the Father from that place of intimacy and strength, and that we can enter into that, and we get to whisper prayers to the Father, and then the Father actually moves Yes, because... we said stuff. Yes. You have to catch this. <laughs> you and me who are absolutely finite, little broken people <laughs> that are just, I mean, without God, eternally lost in every way that we would have the dignity and the honor to whisper little prayers to God and request and the God of all creation, the eternal father who's from everlasting to everlasting actually moves at the sound of our voices. Ask of me. What is man that you're so mindful of him? And the son of man, he goes, you've made him a little lower than the angels, but yet you've crowned him with glory and honor. Do you have any idea the glory and the honor of what you look like in the presence of the father, the dignity, the glory and the honor? Yes, to be loved. Yes, to be enjoyed. But friend, I want to tell you, as he brings you out of the front yard of Christianity, of either running from him or living in perfection-based Christianity. He's bringing a generation into the house of prayer. And in the house of prayer is our identity as sons and the ruling and the reigning through asking. Yes, It's asking the father. And this is what I love about this. The father taught me this in Psalm 2 through all of this. He told me, Corey, your greatest places of warfare will become your greatest places of inheritance. The father's telling Jesus to ask, for the very nations that are raging against his inheritance. Yes. The very thing that the devil is releasing his war over, that's what Jesus is asking for. Yes. And that's how the father's releasing and enforcing that this is my king and this is my hill. He's thwarting the satanic rage. He's thwarting the satanic plan by having the son make request. At the end of the age, God is going to thwart the satanic plans of the enemy through the nations. He's going to thwart those plans by having an entire bride, an entire global church join in with the son and ask the father to release his plans into the earth. To say it clearly, the end time drama The kingdom of God breaks in and stops the activity of the enemy because the church in her identity 
asks the father to do it. Guys, I want to tell you, and we'll probably do more seasons on subjects like this, but I want to tell you we're in the middle of a shift in the body of Christ. The understanding of how we do church is dramatically changing. I believe that he's bringing the ministry of worship and intercession to the very heart of the church. And he's teaching us how to rule and reign with him. In this place, in Psalm 2, verse 7 and 8, we get to see how his throne, how his scepter is released, and it's released through intimacy-based intercession. The church has been running around. We've been trying to do everything, and he's calling us back to the seat of authority. This is going to be disruptive. It's going to uproot old paradigms. It's going to be disruptive in many ways, but he's getting us back to apostolic power and apostolic government. And it's how he's, this is what the early church understood. I want you to see this in Acts 4. This is absolutely stunning. In Acts 4, Peter and John just got delivered from a a prison after healing the man by the beautiful gate. And in Acts 4, he comes back to their, their companions, the early church. And when they got in there, they go, you know what? We're in a Psalm 2 moment. We're in a Psalm 2 moment yes. after the resurrection. Yes. And they said this, that that the nations are raging. Pilate and they the Gentiles it. and they the Jews, they it. quote Psalm 2 in Acts 4. And, and, and they quote it and they go, you know what? We've been surrounded on every side by, by the Gentiles and the Jews and everyone else. And in the midst of the rage is the exaltation of Jesus through his resurrection. They see it and they call it forth that the resurrection of Jesus is Jesus being set on his holy hill. Yes. They followed that up, and it says this. Now, after these things, they go, now, Lord, look on their threats. Look on their threats. Look at this. This is what God does in these kinds of Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness, they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal signs and wonders done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they prayed Psalm 2, what happened, Billy? The place was shaken where they were. God answered Psalm 2 praying with building shaken and a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And they did signs and wonders. And they and moved miracles. in power and another explosion hit the early church. See, this Psalm 2 is revival praying. Yes. It's what the church is going to be praying in the coming days because it said this, he will rule them with the rod of iron, dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Yes. It's going to release seasons of revival. It's going to release his coming. That's going to release his rod. Seasons of judgment. Yes, seasons of judgment. We got to get real comfortable with that. Yes. That he actually brings a rod and a staff. Yes. You know, the staff leads and, and, and governs, but the rod corrects. And he is a correcting and a leading and caring God. He supports and he brings accountability. And I think so often we want support without accountability, but he does both. His and rod he does and it his staff. Through intercession. Yes. We get to partner with him. This glory have all the saints. I mean, to think about this, Billy, I mean, over the last 20 years. This is just so, it's touching me right now. Just even my sonship and my ability to ask him for stuff. It's just touching. I mean, these truths, I mean, this has absolutely changed our lives, Billy. everything. This is, this is what we do. This is our lives. Everything. There's nothing else that I I believe is more important and that I want to be about than this. I want to say this, like so often I hear people and they're praying and I I just, I love their heart, their desire to pray. But if you don't have the richness in the word from Psalm one, if you don't have the father saying over you, my son, it's so important because you will 
ask, but you ask from a place yes. that's twisted or it's, it's askew. And there is a necessity uh, of getting that place of receiving first uh, the word in you richly dwelling, the identity of the father spoken over you. So then you can ask him for his desires and see them released with power and authority. Well, we're done for today. I mean, I think that's enough for today. I'm wrecked. I'm wrecked and I'm... I will declare the decree that he has said to me, you are my son. Today, I've begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. Thank you, Jesus. let this rest on every one of you. Every son, every daughter, do you have any idea? Bring us out of the front yard of running from you or trying to perform for you and bring us into the house. I can hear the Holy Spirit crying out to the church in that hour. I literally hear it like, kids, it's getting late. It's time to come on in. Church has been everywhere but in the house. And the Father's house is the house of prayer. He's calling us into the house. It's the house of acceptance, and it's the house of inheritance. And stepping into our identity as sons, our identity as the bride, our identity as priest, and ruling and reigning with him. I pray that the Father would just deepen this revelation in you you would come out of the swirl and you would make eye contact with the father that you would get deeply rooted in his love for you deeply rooted in who you are to him and that the ministry of intercession would flow out of your life release this father in the name of jesus amen amen Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Gripped. We hope this episode ministered to your heart. If so, feel free to subscribe and leave us a good rating. You can find previous episodes on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Amazon Podcasts. You can watch this episode and more on our YouTube channel, Gripped Podcast, and follow us on Instagram at The Gripped Podcast. To stay connected with Corey's ministry, you can find out more at www.coryrussell.org. To stay connected with Billy's ministry, you can find out more at www.billyhumphrey.com. Bless you guys. Thank you.